You're listening to the Housing Innovation Alliance podcast in partnership with the University of Denver's Franklin L. Burns School of Real Estate and Construction Management. The Housing Innovation Alliance is a nationwide community of game changers, driving the future of home delivery through crowd-accelerated innovation. We represent thought leaders from dirt to dwellers with a focus on the production builder's business environment. Hi, I'm Betsy Scott with the Housing Innovation Alliance. We're in the midst of our Healthy Home Series, bringing you insights from builders, designers, technology experts, and others on how to deliver healthier homes and communities. I'm excited and honored to be sitting here today with Fred Maxick, one of the world's foremost experts in lighting. He is the founder and chief technology officer of Lighting Sciences Group, North America's largest developer and manufacturer of groundbreaking LED bulbs and lighting systems. He began studying lighting in the built environment and its impact on our health and well-being when he was with NASA and has served as a key partner for The WIT, a living lab home focused on innovation, technology, and wellness within Tavistock Developments, Lake Nona community in Orlando, Florida. Welcome, Fred. Thank you. Thank you. So just to kick things off, why do you think lighting is so important to people's health and well-being? Well, we formed uh, as diurnal creatures. Uh, our, our biology is programmed by the light around us. It, it regulates our metabolism, our physiology, our, our sleep and wake cycles, our, our mental health. And so when we simply go into an environment and flip a switch on because light has become so ubiquitous around us, we don't necessarily consider anymore how that evolution took place, how our biology is pre-programmed. And I think getting back to understanding how that affects us, uh, our health, our wellness, our attitudes, our psychology, uh, is very important in any environment, and particularly in the built environment we spend so much of our time. Absolutely. So how did you get interested in the lighting space? So I, I've been fascinated by lighting since I was a child. Um, I, I think I tell the story often enough, but I, I, I recall uh, maybe as an eight or nine-year-old taking this, this silver flashlight and shining it through my hand and looking through my hand and looking at everything inside. And the fact that light permeates our bodies um, and allows us to see these types of phenomena and see the, the, how, how we're made has always fascinated me from, from childhood. Uh, I, I got reintroduced to it about 20 years ago um, through some work we were doing with, with NASA and, and looking at how we use light to mitigate or moderate or control uh, our circadian regulation. You know, astronauts go around the Earth in the space station every 90 minutes and they are, they're in complete disarray and they've created this entirely uh, light-centric dystopia around how we program <laughs> ourselves. Um, and, and so part of the project was how do we figure out how we make a light that can be utilized to uh, reorient ourselves, to, to give us the right signal about when we're supposed to be awake, the right signal before we're supposed to go to bed. And, and that really re-sparked my interest in the field. Great. Fascinating. So the Wit House has been a great venue for demonstrating healthy home technologies and driving innovation. So what were your priorities for lighting in the home and what are the key takeaways you would share with our community? So Wit is a fabulous project and, and the folks at Tavistock who helped put it together are just really to me visionary about where we're going to go in the future with our housing, really letting us attempt to install things and sometimes even a bit prematurely to, to try this technology before they're ready for prime time and understand how people can interact with them. But to me, there was probably 
I mean, four or five major elements we tried to put into, into Withouse. Um, one was this idea about circadian regulation. You know, when we turn the light on before we go to bed, we are sending uh, our brains through the suprachiasmatic nucleus uh, and our, our receptors in our eyes. Uh, this signal says, wake up. And because we're sending that wake-up signal, our, our hormone regulation is changing. We're affecting the way our, our, our bodies make melatonin. We're affecting the way we get to sleep. We're interrupting our ability to get to deep sleep. We're interrupting our ability for our brains to heal at night. So the first thing was to change the lighting such that we don't do that, such that we create a, a natural environment based on our, our diurnal programming to, to do that. And that was the first project that's in Woodhouse. So if you go through the bedrooms in Woodhouse, if you go through the, the, so the public space areas in Woodhouse, they all have the circadian lighting um, that, that we make it at Healthy Lighting, which is the subsidiary of Lighting Science that's been set up to do that. Um, secondly, is, is around sustainability. It's around resilience. It's around how we utilize all these new things, but consume less power, consume less energy, um, consume less resources. So everything there is made with less material than what preceded it. And everything there is made with a very, very energy conscious bent to it as well. The third piece is, is, is grow. Um, you know, it, it is wonderful to be able to grow our own food. It is be able to, to grow our plants healthy. So, so lighting that deals with those elements are, are very important to us. Then we look at security. When you walk into a house, there's a light under which we walk that tells us about the traffic flow within that space. It tells us about who's entering a space. And, and, and we can do this with light by, by measuring time of flight uh, in areas without having necessarily to have cameras all in, intruding our environment. We can take a lot of this data we can derive through time of flight and, and tell how the space is being utilized, how people are coming in and coming out, where the doors are left open, and all sorts of other information that becomes interesting to our, to our security and how we utilize our space. And then lastly, and, and probably now most importantly, how we clean our space. And so today we're told to, to use wipes and to use alcohol and to use all these potential toxins to clean our space. The fact is that, that light can do that without introducing those toxins. We've known for you know, eight or nine decades that, that UV light can disrupt um, bacteria, can disrupt pathogens, can disrupt viruses by uh, affecting the genetic material so they can't reproduce. So when you look at kitchen countertops, when you look at bathrooms, areas where you're, you're cleaning constantly today and, and, and introducing all sorts of things into your environment, you could suddenly illuminate these with light and, and have them cleaned for you. And, and that's also a demonstration at Woodhouse. Um, the newest piece of the technology was, was put in at the, the front room of Woodhouse, and that was looking at uh, 222 nanometer light, which is a very, very specialized form of UV light uh, called far UVC. And this is a light that actually is human friendly. We can coexist in, in same space with that light when it's being projected into the space, but it cannot penetrate the human skin. It cannot penetrate the human eye. So it can be on in the same space we, we utilize uh, in, in a very helpful way to make that environment one that is um, highly resilient when things are around us are, are there and contagious. So th those are the, are the other main areas and those are all on demonstration inside Woodhouse. That's fascinating. And I've read several things about what you guys are doing. And certainly it's come up in conversation with us in terms of UV light being safe. So it's great to hear that there's that bandwidth that we can use. I've also seen things about what you're doing with Health E in indoor air filtration and pest control and things like that. So there are opportunities beyond some of the things that may have been, you know, part of that original design plan, even that we're seeing come forward recently as well. So what's some of the newer stuff that you're looking at in the lighting space? Well, there, there, there are so many intersections between light and, and life in general. We know that there are certain light frequencies, light spectrum wavelengths that can 
have different effects on various types of pests. Some that will attract them, some that will distract them, some that will make them less likely to inhabit a space. And so we're interested in that. We know that there is light that will have other health and wellnesses consequences on us. Uh, there are certain lights we could illuminate ourselves with and, and change our, our, our circulation in our body that will create vasodilation. People who have got poor circulation or poor heart health. There are lights that how our eyes grow uh, when, when we're children. So there, there's, there's a whole host of areas we will continue to discover and continue to build our products on. And I think this is really how we'll look at the future because light can be a very good ally for us to live a health and well life, um, but also in, in taking out some of these other toxins we're trying to continuously use uh, to do that in other forms. So I, I think the promise is there, mm -hmm. the knowledge is there, and it, it's really a, a bit of a rediscovery, right? I, I think when we go back Hundreds and hundreds of years ago, there was a, a, a profound respect for light, particularly solar light. And over time, in the last 150, 160 years, uh, since man has, I would say, or thought he had, conquered light, right? We, we, we harnessed it, all right? Um, we, we didn't necessarily realize what we've done. And, and unfortunately, after we harnessed it, after we managed to capture it in a bulb, we kept trying to refine it. But the refinements we made, we're almost solely for our, our visual and energy efficiency. We didn't consider some of these other physiological uh, effects or environmental effects of it. And I think now we are just now rediscovering those mm -hmm. environmental effects that our, you know, our, our great, 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 great grandparents knew about all the time. But, but we are now rediscovering that benefit again. And, and that's really the interesting piece because in today's digital lighting technology era, we have the ability to discreetly add or subtract various wavelengths to light in our environment without any visual perception at all. And, and we can now look at all these other potential utilizations in terms of um, you know, brain health, in terms of uh, cardiac or, or physiological health, in terms of our circadian health. And, and this, is, this is what the future will bring us. That is awesome and fascinating. One last question for you. So you mentioned a number of other applications for light that can help drive both better health for the individual and better health within spaces. If you were helping a home builder or developer incorporate lighting into their healthy living strategy today, what features and quality of life benefits would you focus on? I think the three areas that to me are obvious our, our circadian health for one. There's no reason we would put in someone's bedroom uh, light sources that we know will disrupt their ability to sleep at night. It, it just mm -hmm. doesn't make sense. We have the technology, it, it is completely automated. There's no requirement for interaction. You flip the light switch on like you've always done in the past and it will just work. And so within Healthy, we have that type of product today and, and it fits perfectly in, in, in bedrooms and in, in homes. The second area is I would take a serious look at, at light for disinfecting surfaces, kitchens, bathrooms, any place where you're, you're prone to bring another toxin in to, to try to clean it. Let's use a natural way of cleaning those, those areas. Uh, and I think that's an, another reasonably obvious way. The third way is looking at how light can interact with our air systems. We, we are faced today with a pathogen that is, that is an airborne pathogen for the most part. Uh, we, seen some people put UV into uh, main HVAC systems. Uh, I, I think that's a step in the right direction, but there's things that we could do more locally, uh, both with filtration, mechanical filtration, uh, as well as light that will ensure that the environment we are living in is one where we can breathe healthy air uh, without, again, having to add toxins in to do that or without having huge maintenance schedules to do that. And I think those are the three areas within a home today, I think are, are obvious. Uh, 
time will tell on, on some of these other areas, but I think this idea of circulatory and brain health will, will come fairly soon after. I don't think those are here today, but um, keep your eyes out. Those, those will come soon. Well, that's great. We do have a lot of people who are looking at, you know, on that front, people wanting to stay within their homes and boomers certainly being one of the biggest home buying contingents at this point. And they're looking a lot more aggressively at health within their homes. So I absolutely would see that certainly on their end. The more that we can do to make the home supportive to our quality of life, the better. So I really appreciate your time today and um, all of your insights. And for those of you who are listening who do community development as well, there are a lot of fascinating stories about what Lighting Sciences Group and Health E-Technologies are doing in the space, things that you might wanna look at in your community areas, in your you know, your uh, community gathering spaces, your co-work areas, et cetera, if that's something that you offer in your community. But thanks so much for your time and excited to share this with everyone. Thank you so much, pleasure. On behalf of the Housing Innovation Alliance and the University of Denver, this is Dr. Eric Holt. Thank you for being part of our journey. This is where innovation calls home.